Welcome to this week's edition of Debriefing the Law. I am Joel Oster. I am Chris Marone. And this week, Chris, we are in mourning and we are in celebration. We are in mourning because the good queen has passed away. And we are in celebration because the NFL is back. All right, first, let's talk about the passing of the good queen. I, I know this very much troubled you as it troubled me. And she is a remarkable uh, figure in our in my life. She did a remarkable work in Naked Gun. Did you see her in Naked Gun? I did see her in Naked Gun. That was her seminal work on the issue, if I remember Great correctly. Great work there. Great job there. I, I still can see that scene when um, uh, Frank D Detective Frank Drebin uh, was sliding across the table there in the Queen's... Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know what, 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 how you want to describe that, but basically in some kind of position there. Yeah, I loved her work in, in Naked Gun. Chris, I am not sure in her entire life that I'm aware of that she ever aged. I mean, the, her look now at 90, what, six, 97, was the same look that I saw her when I was first born and remember seeing the Queen of England. I don't know, but hey, no, she was a, a wonderful person. It does bring up the issue though, of why do they even have a king or queen here in the 21st century? A any thoughts on that? Well, I, I don't know why they still have a monarchy going on, but I know one of the stories from this week, which made it awfully nervous, is the incoming prime minister ran on a platform of dissolving the monarchy. Okay. And she was installed like days before the queen passed away. Wow. So, of course, my conspiracy theory circles, you know, out there with our tinfoil hats, is the discussion of this is the perfect time to dissolve the monarchy, right? The, the greatest monarch of the British Empire passed away, and this is the perfect time to be like, we're done. We're done, do Britain. Do not do that. I am so opposed to that. I, I I kind of like the. I know I made fun of it. I, I kind of like the fact they have a king and queen over there. Uh, it, it's the it's the Brits. They do things a little bit differently. But in a way, we came from Britain, so we don't have a king or queen. Can we somehow adopt? I know we adopt them. I mean, now that you have Meghan Markle, is now kind of right. a part of the royal family. Maybe we're, we're going to unite is. the two together. I don't know. But I found some interesting things. She is worth. 21 billion dollars i don't she has a lot of personal assets you know things that have been given to the royal family throughout the years and so they inherit a lot and then of course they have a lot of money through you know their association with the government property and the funding lands, there yeah. but yeah. Uh, she is worth 21 billion dollars chris here's hmm. my thought and i i'm not a big TikToker. I, i'm i i don't really do the okay. reels i want to maybe learn how to do them but what i, mm -hmm. I i've seen a couple of TikToks. Why hasn't someone yet created the TikTok with King Charles III lip-syncing Lizzo saying it's about damn time? I mean, why has someone not In done a minute, that yet? I'm gonna need a yeah, that would be hilarious. I mean, with, isn't that an odd situation when you grow up your entire life thinking one day, one day, one day, I'm gonna be the king of England? If only right. my mama can kill off first then i oh. can really get my dream job that's an odd position to be in you know what would be funny is having king charles sings jean valjean from les mis one day more okay like like pre-funeral pre-coordination king charles just comes out right there on the same stage that they did the queen's jubilee and just start singing one day more Jean Valjean Les Mis style. All right. Interesting. Well, obviously, King Charles III is now the mm -hmm. King of England. His son, William, is going to, is next in line. William has right. a son. So the next three or next two, we're, we all have kings in place here, which means right. in our lifetime, no more queens. They will all be kings except for... for Queen Consort. Now, I, that is the name that's get, been given to Camellia. Uh, she is the mm -hmm. Queen Consort, which I got to tell you, they got to change that, queen that name. Is that Queen Side Chick? Is that what it means? <laughs> exactly. Is Come on. Queen, queen Side Piece? Is that? I mean, I, that that is rude, and I do apologize. I'm sure she's a wonderful woman. Um, but come on, but, in, in legal terminologies, we know what the loss of consortium is all about. We add that to lawsuits saying, hey, look, there has been a personal injury here. We throw on a claim for loss of consortium, loss of consortium. which means we can't get it on quite as often as we used to because of this injury. Consort seems like it's part of the same root word as consortium. 
I am thinking, mm -hmm. why not just queen concubine? I mean, why not? You said queen side chick, but I, I wish they would change that. But no more queens during our lifetime. It probably will all be kings. Are you? Mm -hmm. So what what are your thoughts about the, the fact that King Charles III, have there been other King Charles that you know of? Yeah, there's well, there has to be if he's King Charles the Third, right? So I am a a small history buff. Okay, I'm not saying that I'm a great history buff, but um, the King Charleses, they're you know first and second were actually back to back rulers of England, back to back world champions. Okay, the the problem was is they weren't really that good of rulers as history reflects it. I was not alive in the 1600s, so I cannot speak directly to whether so. or not they right. were. Yep. There you were, Joel, you know, playing third base for the Yankees. Um, but King Charles the first was tried for treason. He was convicted and he was executed um, and pretty much led to the abolishment of the monarchy in the 1600s around 1650. So not exactly, not a good namesake, right? He couldn't, he couldn't deal with the, the England, Scotland, Ireland civil war that was going on from like 1635 to when he was executed in 1649. He was losing a lot of battles and a lot of, a lot of problems. He was King of Scotland, I mean, he, he eventually won. They eventually won the wars and the United Kingdom became the United Kingdom of Ireland, Scotland, and he was king over all of them. But then he was executed for treason, all at right. which point his son, King Charles II, took over. Again, and, quite and, odd. So he took over right. because his dad lost his head, literally. Mm -hmm. And and literally. so it's like, well, did, did he play a part in that? Was right. his allowance cut so he had a beef with his old pa? That, it's just an odd yeah. scenario there. Where, so King Charles I was executed. His mm -hmm. son then gets uh, reigns for a while. And that you said right. that was but six, here's Go on. Here's the fun part. So King Charles II then lost Scotland a year later in a battle. Okay. So he went from being king of Scotland, Ireland, England, the United Kingdom to now just king of England and Ireland. And he lost Scotland during his entire reign. So he never regained Scotland. And then he was later he was later exiled. And he was quite the consort himself where he um, he fathered at least uh, a dozen illegitimate children, okay. but did not leave a legitimate heir. All right. So the crown passed to his brother James the first of England, and or I'm sorry, he was James the second. James the second was his successor, and so King Charles the second liked liked the ladies, big fan of the ladies, but not a really good king. So now we have King Charles the third, and that's the the legacy he gets to live up to. Five hundred years later, you got or four hundred years, years later, you got uh, King Charles and his two children. You got mm -hmm. Prince William and Prince Harry. They are calling them the Fab Four with their wives, Ooh. and so a lot of Loves speculation. It. Are they going to get along now? Can they just mend fences? You know, I would love to see them on a golf course. That foursome. Let's just get back together. Get you know your grandma would All want right. it, and let's just get some kind of reality TV show. I would probably watch that all right let's <laughs> great reality tra let's transition from the monarchy issues in england over the seas to come back over to our land let's talk about mm -hmm. some legal matters that are in the news so at the supreme Yay. court now for you non-lawyers here's what happens if you want the supreme court to take on a case you file what's called a cert petition a petition for certiorari mm -hmm. i don't know what that latin probably latin for just saying hey court i want you to hear this case the court does not have right. to hear any appeal if it doesn't want to uh they take very few cases i think about 70 cases a year is how many cases the supreme court actually accepts well this last week the supreme court was asked to take up the issue of what rights do you have in the workplace to practice your religion? Have you thought right. about that, Chris? So you're a religious person. There's I a am. lot of religious people. I'm a religious person. And mm -hmm. you're at the workplace and the employer says, you can't pray, you can't talk about your faith, you can't do this, that, or the other, you, you know, whatever. And you said, no, I, I should have religious rights at the workplace. Have you ever come across a situation where there was a conflict between your religion and mm -hmm. your employment. There was 
there was one time that I can recall, and it was before I worked at ASU. So this isn't an ASU story. Um, and ASU is different because we're a government entity, right. right? We're a public university. But I was working, and a person thought that I was proselytizing at work. Okay. And and what I had is at my at my desk in my office, um, I have a picture of my wife and I from our wedding day, and we were married in the Mesa, Arizona Latter-day Saint Temple. So the giant picture of the temple is in the background with my wife and I from where we got married at and i have a copy of the book of mormon and a copy of the holy bible on my desk okay that that during my break time i will dive into from time to time all right the person my assistant at the time because they were on my desk she felt like i was proselytizing by having those on display so, so that's you, the only okay. time I've come into it. So you had them on Personal. a display at your workplace. Mm-hmm. So it it, it yep. could come up in as simple as that, right. where you have a religious right. item on your desk on display. Maybe it's a cross, right. maybe it was a crucifix, whatever. Right. Um, Quran, whatever. Do you have a right to do that? What if you are, are belong yes. to a certain faith where you have to pray five times a day? You gotta take a break. Yes. Are you allowed to take those breaks and just do your prayer yes, and you come are. back to work? Some people yep. have religious beliefs against numbers i i actually had a legal situation where someone Whoa. was opposed to using their social security number to check in at work they thought that was a sign of oh. the end at times that was a violation of the religious belief and their employer required them to clock in using their social security number uh a big issue also comes up with your 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 what you wear i actually had one case yep. where a person okay was a Mennonite believed that they should wear, this is a female, believed that they should wear clothing that did not expose their ankles. Now, this is probably the opposite of a lot of workplace clothing situations where, hey, you're showing too much. No, this one was, this lady wanted to cover up her ankles and her bosses said, no, you have to flash us a little ankle at, at work. And so you can't wear that dress. So that's was was working at Hooters. <laughs> no, actually a bank of all places. Uh, and so okay. you're, you're also working on Sunday. Some people have a religious belief not right. to work on their right. Sabbath. So there's a lot of different situations in which there might be a conflict between your religion and your employment. So how does the law treat that? Now you mentioned really quickly that, oh, this is a different situation because I work for Arizona State University. Uh, Not so, Chris. It's a little bit different, but you actually have more rights when you work for a state entity because now the First Amendment is at play where the First Amendment would not be at play in a normal private private context. But still, so you would actually have more rights when you work for a state employer. All right, but let's say Mm -hmm. you work for a private employer. What, What are your rights? Well, the Equal Employment Opportunity Act, the EOC Act of 1972 was passed, and in their Congress strengthened the religious protections of Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. And so under the Civil Rights Act, Title VII, your employer cannot discriminate against you based upon religion. Now, what does that mean? Here's what it means, Chris that your employer has to accommodate all aspects of the employee's religious beliefs and practices unless doing so would impose undue hardship on that business. Now, I I, I pause there because undue hardship really should be in quotes. So that's the deal. Your employer has to accommodate your beliefs unless doing so would cause them an quote-unquote undue burden. Now, I'm just curious, Chris, uh, I, you've been in a, a lawyer for several years. You have been an employee in several, probably more years than that. What does that mean to you? If you just read that language, that they have to accommodate your beliefs, unless doing so would create an undue burden on the, the right. business. Do you think that gives you a lot of protection as an employee? I think it really does. Um, and, wrong answer, but go on. I, I, I do think it, I think it, I think it gives me a lot of, protections because what's unreasonable like what the reasonable scale the i guess the problem with that is is that it depends on who you think is reasonable or what you think reasonable is and what what religion thinks is reasonable i guess that's where the cross section comes in i think it does i think that currently i have a ton of protections for my religion at work and so does my office mate who's two offices down who's a muslim who does pray five times a day you, you would think more. so because you would think the term Unless it would oppose an undue hardship, kind of right. says 
hey, look, that gives the employee a lot of protection. Because unless it's really going right. to create a hardship, an undue right. hardship, so not just any hardship, but undue hardship on the employer, right. then I should be able to practice my religion. Not right. so. The Supreme Court in the Trans World Airlines, wow, that really takes me back. TWA used to be an airline wow. way back in the day. Uh, the Hardinson, the Supreme Court interpreted that phrase, undue hardship, to just mean yeah, you know what? It, it's basically no more than a de minimis cost. So if it require more than a okay. de minimis cost, then now that's an undue burden on your employer. So basically the employer can just simply say, and eh, we don't want to do that. That's going to cause us to change how we do things. We're not going to change for you. And so uh, it really did not give the employee much protection at all. All it really did, and I've litigated in these areas, it, it forced the employer to at least enter into a conversation with the employee so they can try to find a way to accommodate. At least it brought both sides to the table where they can have a discussion about this issue. But right. again, at the end of the day, if it would cost the employer to change a policy, do things differently, incur anything other than just a de minimis cost, nope, the employer is going to win that battle. Well, the Supreme um. Court is now being asked to revisit that interpretation. And so Jared Groff worked as a mail carrier for the United States Postal Service in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And the United States Postal Service entered into a contract with Amazon. So back in the day, Chris, and I know you are a lot younger than I am, but back in the day, the post office did not deliver mail on Sundays. It, there, there was no a post on Sundays. Yes. Yeah. No post on Sundays. There, there was a time when you would order something on Amazon, it would not show up in your, your mailbox, you know, 15 minutes later. But nonetheless, so that, that things have changed. The USPS uh, entered into a contract with Amazon to start delivering packages on yep. Sundays and holidays. So while this employee used to get his Sundays off, now he is being forced to work Sundays. And so the, uh, the U.S. Postal Service had their policies in place, the seniority of when people could get time off. And this person wanting Sundays off all the time to go to church, that was creating quite a, quite a conflict. And so he right. was basically forced to, to resign. And he is now asking the Supreme Court, hey, you know what? You're the ones that interpreted undue burden to be to mean anything more than a de minimis cost. We want you to change that. We actually think we should, Congress meant to give us rights to practice our religion in the workplace. Right. And that's more than just simply, as long as it's not a mild inconvenience for the employer. Uh, any thoughts on this case? I'm, I guess I interpret it a little differently because I don't see practicing religion in the workplace, the, the line of law that this should fall under. Right. I, I think that if if he wants to, like, listen to a church sermon while he's walking his route or if he wants he or she or they if they want to they want to, you know, wear a cross okay. or if they want to display openly Jesus is my homeboy or if they want to take breaks during their work day to 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 um, pray or if they want to fast or you know something to that effect. I see that as religion in the workplace. The fact that he doesn't want to work Sundays um, because of his religious preference. I don't see that as an accommodation of religion in the workplace. That's a, this is the direction the business is going. If you can't come in that direction, you need to find somewhere new to work. But why not? If there are other employees right. there who can right. work Sundays, the why cannot what can a reasonable interpretation be? Well, Congress meant to provide rights mm -hmm. for you to practice your faith. And the Congress right. is, is valuing religious beliefs because as a, right. is, they made a determination that our society, our government works better when people are religious because they have their, their moral, morals tend to be better, things like that. Again, historically, that's, that's why. Well, is that, yeah, but that is why. The Congress does tend to favor religious practice. That's why we have a First Amendment. Uh, religion right. does get special treatment in America. It's but, right there in the First Amendment. Um, so, yes, but freedom freedom of religion means freedom from religion as well. So I shouldn't have to come into work on a Sunday. Sunday is my holy day of football. That is my religion. My religion is the NFL. So what makes your religion more important than my religion? No, no, you, you, you put in a false equator there because the, the government here or the employer is not claiming mm -hmm. to be following a religious belief. They're just saying, I want okay. money. 
I, I want more money. So I want to force right. you to work. So it's, it's the pursuit of money as compared to the employee's pursuit of religion. And Congress has said, we want to protect these people's ability to practice their religion. And so we all know you want to make money. Everyone wants to make a buck, right. but we're saying here, if, a, if, if there is a, 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 um, a, a this conflict between employment practice and religious beliefs, you have to accommodate that person's religious beliefs unless it would impose an undue burden. I'm going to suggest Congress meant something more than just simply incur more than a de minimis cost. There's, that protection is somewhat higher than that. So if you have a system where people, there's other people that can work on Sundays, why not just simply allow that person to have his Sundays off? What if the other people are more senior and don't want to work on Sundays? Well, historically, that has been proven a valid justification. If they have a seniority right. system in place on requesting days off, then you have to follow your right. seniority I guess, system. I, I guess you can do like when you're when you're reevaluating a job or you're you're dealing with it, you could say your schedule is going to be, you know, Thursday to Tuesday. Your schedule is going to be. Um, Tuesday to Saturday or whatever the schedule is going to be, you can then take into consideration a person's religious belief versus a, a person's non-religious belief. Right? right. But if you want to change the system in the middle, because now that my business has shifted to now work on Sundays and you don't want to work on Sundays, that that's the changing nature of business. And does it suck? Yes. Do I want, do I want the person to have the Sunday off? I, of course I do. But the, if the business needs change, the business can't change the business needs just to fit a few simple employees that want to have their Sunday or have their weekends off. Now, I thought I think this came up in the context of forced immunizations that we just came through with um, uh, the COVID pandemic and the issue is some employees had religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. not to receive the vaccinations and, and the employers were having this requirement of you must be vaccinated. So there was a conflict. Could right. the, the employee say, well, you have to accommodate my beliefs. Well, in this no. pandemic issue, you can have work from home situations where the person, all right, you know what? You, right. a lot of our employees are working from home. You can just go ahead and work from home. Or you can right. be in an office where you don't interact with other people, come in different hours and stay six feet away. There might be other ways to accommodate this person. So the purpose of this law is that Congress is saying, hey, employers, employees, come to the same table and just try to work this out, try to accommodate their beliefs. And you got to make a, a good solid effort to try. Cause it, it can't just simply be, no, right, right, uh, right. we don't want to do it. So let's move on to this, you know, fire this person, move on to the next one. It actually has right. to create an undue burden. So we'll be following this case to see the Supreme court, which has been fairly pro religion will take up this case and how they might rule. All right. Another case, Chris, that was perked up that just caught my attention. And this, I am mad about this case. Yeah, and I, I am hoping you can talk to me. Oh, I hope you don't agree. I need someone to talk me down <laughs> off this ledge because I am ticked off here. But here's what happened. Uh, this uh, Iowa uh, teenager was mm -hmm. raped. First of all, she mm -hmm. was sex trafficked. And so she left her house yes. and she was a young person because of an abusive relationship. She ends up sleeping in, I think the hallway of some apartment, some guy who is twice her age, takes her in, starts to traffic her for sex. One of the Johns that the, this person was trafficked to, uh, then rapes her one time at yep. knife point. I just got to yep. imagine this lady feels like there's nowhere to turn, right? I mean, she's mm -hmm. in a hopeless situation. She has been violated. And so she takes this knife and while this person was sleeping, goes and stabs this person and kills the person. Now, mm -hmm. I get the argument of why did this person not just leave? They, they could have just gone. They could have gone to law enforcement. They didn't have to stab this person No, she could have gone sleeping. to law enforcement. I... I, but I mean, come on, this person was no. raped in this no. situation. Right. Why is, but whatever I'm, I'm saying, I'm applauding right. her, but she, I'm, let's go on. No, she's a, like straight. Look at our society right now. She is a black underage female and she's claiming to be raped by a white man. There is no in Iowa. There is no way on any form of existence that she feels safe turning to law enforcement. Okay. So here's that's what just, happened. That's just the, the state of the union right now. I'm not saying good, bad or whatever. I, it is what it is, but there's no way that she feels safe going to law enforcement. Well, I wouldn't to, even to go, help her out. I wouldn't even go that far, but I, you might be right on that. But I'm just going to say that in that situation, you feel trapped, helpless. 
rules. You can't go anywhere. Right. The, uh, you know, the, right. the forces are going to probably throw you right back in that situation. And right. now she's what go are you facing? Foster care. She's going to go back to sex trafficking. She's going to go back to this guy who's going to lie and probably get away with it. What is she going to, what is she going to, the only thing she can do is, is, is fight back in this way. All right. So we're already kind of mad, but we're, right. we're just, we're just going to get madder because here's what the court did. Right. And I'm going to oh, get back court. to this in a little Ooh. bit because I'm, I'm ticked off. It's even got to court, but right the court ordered her the yeah. victim of rape that she has yep. to pay the yep. family of the rapist $150,000 right plus 5 years of closely supervised probation that the that she has to pay for i i don't I, i'm i'm speechless you you, right. you got to pay the family of the guy who raped you a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I, to me, the law no. is being perverted in this situation. I can't mm -hmm. stand this outcome. The judge is saying, "Oh, my hands were tied. Iowa law required me to impose this one hundred fifty thousand dollar penalty. I had no choice." No, you have a choice. You're a judge. Don't do it. Let it go up on appeal. Let's see what happens then. For right. someone else. Don't pass the buck and say you had to do it. You are a judge. You can enter whatever order you want to. Let some other appellate court fix it. But you should not right. force a lady to pay $150,000 mm -hmm. to the family of the rapist. I, I just do not understand. But Chris, before we get there, which maybe we already are there, whatever. What about the decision of the prosecutor? You don't have to prosecute this case. You don't have to bring these charges that would require that kind of verdict. Does the prosecutor hold some blame here for bringing these charges? Yes, very much so. You like, there's all this discretion out here, right? There's police discretion to not file a police report. One, right? The police didn't have to file a police right. report. They could have just said they found a Self victim. Defense. Self-defense. They didn't have to file a police report making a recommendation. The prosecutor did not have to take that recommendation and file charges against her. The judge did not have to impose this. Like, there are three – and this is why the girl feels trapped. This is why people feel trapped. Either they're going to they're gonna see verdicts like this and say, I can't, I can't do anything. So I might as well kill myself rather than fight back against my rapists because I'll be like this girl in Iowa. I might be butchering this phrase, but Martin Luther King Jr., I believe, says something like this. It is never the wrong time to do the right thing. In other words, right. you, you know what the right thing is. You can do it. Right. You don't have to pass the buck. You know, my hands are tied. No, no. If you know what the right thing is, mm -hmm. you can do the right thing right now. There is no need right. to wait a later day and pass the buck, especially like in this situation, to order her to pay $150,000 to the family of the rapist. I say, no, you don't have to, to do that. But right. we'll, we'll follow that case and well, see what happens. And look, I just did a quick Google search. Just a quick Google search. Uh, just Judge Porter was the judge that did the sentencing. Judge Porter was a member of the Polk County District Attorney's Office when he became a judge, which is okay. the prosecuting agency. Judge Porter is up for re-election in 2020 when he decided this case. The district attorney was up for re-election in 2020 when this case was prosecuted. Interesting. Maybe there's a and, – and I'm not saying that there's a line there, but I worked in politics for many years. During election years, more things happen that will rally your base to keep you in power. Right. So rather than him kicking the case up to the appeals court and looking soft on crime, he said, my hands are tied and I had to rule the way the rule, the rule of law is. So that way I'm a law and order judge. That's speculation. And I get that. But this is where we're at. All right. And that, in my opinion, is a misuse of your license. You oh, spent yes. Three years to get your legal law license. Not for to render verdicts like that. But hey, that's just me on my soapbox. Now let's move on now to courtroom quarterback let's do this football time all right chris there is a lot to Rock. unpack here in the world of sports we Rock started with a good uh queen passing away some bad news now we're going to talk about some good news nebraska has fired its coach Scott Frost. Now you and I talked yes, a couple sir. weeks ago and I asked you, Chris, to help me out here. I said, I, I want to believe. And you gave me some positive words there of hope mm -hmm. that this was going to be Nebraska's year. Uh, Chris, yep. 
wrong. You, you're full of it. I, I don't know I how else to, to say that, but you're full of it or something. I don't know. Scott Frost yeah. was a debacle this year. He was horrendous. So bad that the AD there in Nebraska, Trev Alberts, said, you know what? If we kept Scott Frost another three weeks, we would have to pay. We could then fire him and pay him $7.5 million less. We don't nope. care. We're going to pay him the $7.5 million. We want him out right now. And I, I was a huge Scott Frost fan. I was a big supporter of this hire. It did not work out. He was a horrendous coach, and I don't even know why he was such a bad coach. Maybe some people are just not meant to be head coaches. I don't know. He had a 16 right. and 31 record in his four plus years there at Nebraska. No winning seasons, no bowl games. I don't remember a time when Nebraska was ever this bad. It, it has not happened in my lifetime, maybe ever. I don't know. Actually, my dad would have said that way back when Nebraska mm -hmm. had losing seasons on a regular basis, but that is bad. For example, his special teams were horrendous. Uh, I read a stat here recently that his special teams were 129th out of 130 FBS teams. So Ooh. that's bad. That, that's, that's really bad. bad. Uh, and expected points added on special teams. So when you, you, in other words, you're looking at how often your special teams are scoring points for you or giving up points. They were the only one team was worse than them in expected points added during your special team. So, because yeah. of that, would you not think, and I've been a huge Nebraska fan this entire time, I can vouch mm -hmm. the fact that our special teams were horrendous. There were no field goals. There were fumbles on kickoffs. It was bad. Did you know that until this last year, he never even hired a special teams coach, a special teams coordinator? Wow. That's how, not a solid decision. How dumb is that? Your special teams are horrendous. Every yeah. other coach and team will have a special teams designated coach or coordinator. You don't think you need to have one? You can't figure nope. out, hey, there's a problem there. Maybe we should fix that. I've even heard where several head coaches have then been the special teams coach because they care that much about special teams. There will be an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator, and the head coach will say, I will take on the special teams uh, position because I feel it's that important. I don't know what went on in Nebraska. They were horrendous. And so uh, he was fired after just three games. Uh, Chris, I'm assuming you agree with this firing. I, well, I mean, I'm there with it. I am. I, I've made my peace with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, Arizona state fan. You probably seen it's about darn time that they actually yep. fired their coach, which brings us to this issue of why fire him so quickly in the season. We we're, we're only three games right. in. Why would you fire your head coach right out of the gate? Are you not going to give him time to, to fix things? Well, nope. there are a couple of reasons. He's had why. time. Yeah, I, I think he has had time. And so the you already know, okay, we looked horrendous at Northwestern because of a stupid oh, yeah. head coaching decision. We then looked lackluster and inferior to North Dakota. We, we won that game, but I, I watched it. North Dakota actually looked like the better team than Nebraska. Yeah figure that one out yep. and yeah, then yeah. we got beat by georgia southern no the handwriting was on the wall he had to go and so by firing nebraska's coach this quickly it puts us first in line to land that next coach of course all speculation yep. now is who is going to be nebraska's head coach let me just throw some urban names meyer. by you urban meyer <laughs> you beat me to it urban meyer you, you like urban day. meyer I do in college, not in professional league. Oh, I hope he takes it. I hope yeah. he takes it. So here's what's going on. This week, I believe, do you know where Urban Meyer is going to be? In Nebraska? In Memorial Stadium, Lincoln, Nebraska. Nebraska is playing Oklahoma. I should be there as well watching that game. Urban Meyer, I believe, is doing the broadcast, the commentary Ooh. for... Fox Sports, and he is their lead Good for him. analyst there. Uh, and so I believe they're going to be on site there at that game. And so you know that question is going to come mm -hmm. up. And so I like the fact that Urban Meyer is going to be put on the spot. I, he would be, I think, our dream hire. I don't care how much money it costs. Urban Meyer, let me just make a plea to you. Your name okay. right now in the coaching circles is mud you laid an egg out there in jacksonville i'm not sure you could sure have done didn't. a worse job uh you were 
carousing with co-eds there on college campuses, yep. getting lab dances at bars where when your team was on the plane after a devastating loss, it was a horrendous debacle. You were fired before the end of your first season. You yep. need to rehabilitate your name. Now, I actually believe, Urban Meyer, you could be the greatest coach ever in the history of college football. I think you were on par there until you left to have more national titles than Nick Saban. You're still a young guy. This could be your chance. I don't know how old he is. I'm guessing 60-some. He's not that old. Yeah, not not um, super old. Maybe while I'm talking, you can go ahead and Google. I know you're really good and adept at that. But <laughs> Urban Meyer is not that old. He still has time to get three or four more national championships. Nebraska is in the Big Ten. Yep, this which is a guaranteed Ur seat under the new CFP. Exactly. Uh, and so he's in uh, the, the West Division there in the Big Ten. I, I think that this is ready-made for him to prove to everyone he is the, the stud of all collegiate coaches. He would have won yep. significantly at Utah. He would have won a national championship, I believe, too, at Florida. He then goes to Ohio yep. State and wins yep. a national championship. If he now can resurrect Nebraska's program, Let's just rename the college playoffs championship after him because, you know, come on, Nick Saban. I mean, Nick Saban is not going to win too many more nope. championships. He's out. Nope. So, uh, you know, yep. Urban Nick, Meyer Nick is, Saban is 70 years old, so he's coming to the end of his career. Urban Meyer being 58, his career is just starting. There you go. Wow. He can coach another 20 years. So, you know yep. what, Urban Meyer, I am very curious to see what he says this week. But assuming he doesn't take the job, for whatever other reason, I don't know. She needs yeah. to take this job. But what are the other big names that are out there? Well, Mark Stoops uh, from mm -hmm. the University of Kentucky, a basketball school. He has done really well there at the University of Kentucky. He made a name for himself. Yep. He is being successful in the SEC. You know he can coach big-time games. Chris, what, now this is almost, I can't believe I'm even asking this question. What is yep. a better gig? Coaching at the University of Kentucky in the SEC or Lincoln in the Big Ten? Ooh. That is sad. You even had to say that. That is Come sad. Come on. You know it's Big Ten. You know it's that Big Ten. That is sad. Right? No, you know it's Big Ten because it's a guaranteed seat, whereas the SEC, you're fighting. No, there's one guaranteed seat, and then you're fighting great programs for the remaining three seats that they're going to be awarded. I guarantee you the fan support you get at Kentucky will never equal the fan support you will get in Lincoln. And so I, I yeah, but right. I, you pause. And I think a lot of people are going to say Kentucky is a more attractive job than uh, Nebraska. And I just, I can't no, even fathom I don't, that. I don't agree. I don't yeah. agree. I think, I think Nebraska is a much better job only because, and not just the fact that it's more likely to get to a bowl game, but the fan base is Kentucky basketball, not Kentucky exactly. football. You will never be number one at right. your own university. It will always right. be basketball there in Kentucky. And so Mark right. Stoops, I think would be a great hire there in Lincoln. How about this name? Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell is the head coach mm. at Iowa State University. He has, he, so he knows how to win at very small schools. They are competing in the Big 12. So they have yeah. to play the likes of Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, some big Oklahoma. boys and compete with them. He can recruit to Iowa State. Which yep. is people, oh, you can't recruit to Lincoln. Well, he's been able to find decent players there in Iowa State. So Matt Campbell is a really popular name to pop up here. I think he would take it in a heartbeat. Yeah. And he's young, right? He's only like 40-ish. He is very young. I am not excited about Matt Campbell. I'm, just, I'm not. His teams yeah. do not excite me. I think they're well coached. I think they are. Um, they don't have a lot of stupid penalties. They play smart, tough football. He just mm -hmm. doesn't win a lot. And so he's okay. had... He's had a lot of chances to win a lot. He's lost a big game. So I don't know. Part of me says, let's go with him because then I know we'll be on the upper echelon of the sport. But it's not an Urban yeah. Meyer hire. And I also think his heart is in Iowa, which means that once the Iowa job then comes available, if he's proven himself at Nebraska, is that not a stepping stone then to for him to leave to get the Iowa job? Right. I don't know. Matt Campbell is out there. Yeah, 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 this is the one that I think is what is probably my favorite, Mickey Joseph. He is the is another really? reason why 
you should fire Scott Frost right now. Mickey <laughs> Joseph is the current head coach at Nebraska. He was the yeah. the um, the wide receivers coach for LSU. Many people yep. think that he assembled the greatest crew of, of receivers ever in the history of college football there at LSU. They won the national championship. He's from Nebraska. He played at Nebraska. And so why not give him a shot? He has never had head coaching experience, right? Right. Until this weekend. So he no, will be given eight or so games to prove himself if Nebraska can right the ship and let's just say make a bowl game, mm -hmm. he very well might be. Oh, he could totally coach. get it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Why, if you actually have a bird in hand, a wide, right. let, unless you can get Urban Meyer, that would be a great hire. So he can prove himself. He, he already can recruit. And so Mickey Joseph is a great name out there. Uh, one right. of the nimbles to throw out there because it interests me, Bill O'Brien. He is the uh, Office of Coordinator for Alabama. He is a, okay. a huge name in, in coaching. He actually was the head coach at Penn State right after the whole Joe Paterno fiasco. And oh, wow. he, was, okay. he went over to Penn State, was able to win in the Big yeah. Ten at Penn State so he can coach and win in the Big Ten. He then went to the NFL and coached for several years. Now, he did really good at the NFL. He was a very good coach there in Texas, uh, the Houston Texans, but he had some, just some real boneheaded decisions and they lost uh, a couple playoff games with head scratchers. And so he was fired and now he's the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Like I tell you, as much as I do not like Nick Saban, his formal offensive coordinators, they're mm -hmm. pretty good head coaches elsewhere. Um, uh, yeah. His former coordinators, they're pretty good coaches elsewhere. Yeah. And so I, I would not mind a Bill O'Brien hire at Nebraska. I just read off of several names there. Any of them? Um, any other names you can think of? Not really. I mean, my big call is for Urban Meyer. I don't know. Um, maybe they can get the cat from USC to switch teams again. That could be fun, right? That would be interesting. Was it, uh, Lincoln. That ain't gonna happen. Come, but that would be yeah, interesting. Lincoln Riley to come over. No, right, right. I think I think Urban Meyer would be good. Or or sticking with. Um, the offensive coordinator who's going to be head coach this week. I think that homegrown coaches could be the best ones. The players might have more respect for him and be able to see that he stuck through it and he's sticking with them and helping them grow and develop. But again, urban has proven himself in college time and time again. And look, I mean, I know you went to the NFL thinking that that was a better league, but some guys are just better college coaches. They connect yes. with the kids better. Some people are pro coaches. It just, it is what it is. So by getting their, their name out there first front and center, saying we are hiring a head coach. I think the Nebraska job is going to be very attractive. They've mm -hmm. had what? 380 some consecutive sellouts. I believe that goes back to 1961. Bob Devaney's Good I think gravy. first or second year, the fan base there is rabid. And so, yeah. Yes, I, uh, I it's but let's see if this head coach right now actually can can do the trick. Uh, Mickey Joseph can can win some games. I'm not not just play close games. Scott Frost can do that. If all we won were yeah. close games but losses, that's not what we want. You got to prove you can win, Mickey Joseph, and you got to win this year. So you have eight or nine games left. Let's do it and let's see what you can do. All right. Yeah. This last week was. Week one in the NFL. And so many different storylines came forth. And I don't even know which ones we want to talk about first. It was a great week of, of NFL games. So let me just ask you, did you did you uh, sit down and watch? How do, you, how do you engage in watching NFL games? So I do my God thing first. I go to church in the morning. Um, I come home from church. I change out of my goodly clothes and into my, my sweats. And then I sit down in front of the TV for 12 consecutive hours. I like that. I like mm -hmm. that a lot. So that is exactly yeah, your priorities right. straight there. And so that's, that's exactly my priorities. All right. Let me give you some of my storylines from this last week. And I'll just see what you think about it. Um, my first takeaway from last week was talking heads. Sometimes they just got to be oh talking gosh. heads. They, they got to say That's something. That's what they are. And they yeah. tend to really hate on the winners. Well, who has been the most consistent winner over the last four or five years? It has been the Kansas City Chiefs with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Just stop that nonsense. We're going to delete I'm that. just saying. Nonsense. No. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know what, just Giselle? Saying. If you're a family-oriented person, you know Giselle saying, saying, Brady, we want you back. All right. Well, nonetheless. One, yeah, I mean. The Chiefs are just, the, I mean, they're just some team from Kansas City. They're God, just there. God's third they, they just son take is our quarterback. Wait, what are you talking about? Just some <laughs> team from Kansas City. Some random team. 
No, no. Bunch no. of so, nobodies now that Tyreek Hill left. Exactly. That was what the talking heads were saying. Oh, you lose <laughs> yeah. Tyreek Hill. Now you are going to suck. And Denver has got mm-hmm. a better quarterback than you. In fact, we're going to pick Denver and Russell Wilson to be the studs in the AFC West or some rookie who's <laughs> never won anything from Chargers. Yeah, no, guys, mm-hmm. we're still Kansas City. I was screaming at the top of my head. We still have, last I checked, Andy Reid. And Patrick Mahomes. And so we are still going to be the best team in the NFL. And sure enough, week one, the Chiefs dominate. And so we look great. Let's let's slow it down a little bit. The Chiefs were playing the Cardinals. I'm pretty sure a high school team could dominate the Cardinal. No, no, nothing bad to Patrick Mahomes. He came out. He put up five TDs. He absolutely did his job. He killed it. They took him out at like mid fourth quarter and just let him go to the jacuzzi and rest up and make TikToks with Jackson. Like I get that. Right, but they were playing the Arizona Cardinals. That, so let's that not good point. let's not jump the gun a little too quickly here. They weren't you, playing Super Bowl champions. You all might be looking for a new head coach after this year. I've never yep. been a big uh, Jeff Clingsbury fan. First of mm-hmm. all, do you know? I mean, you obviously know this, but come on, I I do not understand why Jeff Clingsbury got Kyle. the job. Kyle Kingsbury. Kyle. Yes, I'm sorry about that. Uh, got the job there at Arizona. When he actually was Patrick Mahomes' coach at Texas mm-hmm. Tech and did not win the Big Twelve, yeah, he won some right. games, but hardly they were they were not favorites. They were did not you know world mm-hmm. beaters. They didn't win any conference championships, let alone the national championships. If he could not win in college with Patrick McFreakin Mahomes, how can he win in the NFL? I, I don't get it. But nonetheless, well, and also, did, did he was part of the team that negotiated Kyler Murray's ridiculously stupid contract? And yeah. like, look, if you watch the game, which I I did because it's Arizona and it was the, right. the game that was on. Um, there's a reason why they put the Kyler Murray must watch game tape in his contract because it showed yes. that he did not watch any game tape during this entire game. No audibles were called, even when like. Kansas City was stacking on the strongs. Like he clearly did not know Kansas City's defensive patterns at all. There was no game tape to, and it wasn't Kansas City. Look, and I love you, Joel. You guys weren't running some newfangled defense. You you do what you do when you do it well. That's right. And so, and so there is years of game footage that Kyler could have been prepared for. That a lot of his stupid mistakes could have been corrected if he would have been able to read the defense. Yes, but he can- didn't. Kansas so City that, is. Kansas City is right. known for our great offense, not right. our great defense. And so your right. quarterback cannot even beat our middle-of-the-road average defense, which you can't say that's all we really need to win the Super Bowl is just a middle-of-the-road average right. defense, and that's what we right. have. And your guy couldn't even uh, pick can't apart do it. our defense. Can't right. do it. It does bring up this question, though. The big, talk, the big talking point going into the season was, look, the Chiefs lost Tyree Kill – we will not be nearly as good of a team. And I, don't get me wrong. Tyreek Hill is a freak of an athlete. I would love yeah. to have Tyreek Hill on our team. He is a game changer. He is so yep. fast that when the play breaks down, his speed, he will get open. And Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, scurrying around, scrambling around, will find him for a huge uh, pickup. We've seen that yeah. time after time, time, time after time. Yeah. That being said... There's a salary cap in the NFL. So, Chris, who would you right. rather have? What would you rather have? One stud receiver and then three or four just kind of average receivers or three or four really good receivers and no absolute stud like Tyree Kill. Look, I'm a weapons guy, right? I want as many different ways that I can attack on offense as humanly possible. I think the Dolphins mortgaged this season on Tyreek Hill, even though Waddle did show up a little bit on Sunday. I feel like everybody, like I think this may be a breakout season for Waddle because everybody's okay. going to be attacking Tyreek Hill. And if Waddle can catch the ball and run with it, he may be a pro bowl all-star all right. because all defenses are going to focus on Tyreek Hill. And that is true. You have one guy who is a stud. It does make all right. the others a little bit better because you had to double mm-hmm. team Tyree Kill, and that's going to leave other people open. So we'll have to see this right. year. I do think that both teams 
will do really, really well. I, I think right. the Dolphins obviously improved this year with the addition of Tyree Kill. I think the Chiefs would have hurt themselves in the long term keeping Tyree Kill because you keep one receiver at the price tag of $30 million. That means you are you're cutting some other ge- decent receivers. And yeah, Tyree Kill mm-hmm. is that good now. How good is he going to be in year five of that contract, right? He's right. not going to be near as fast. He will lose his speed. And so, but hey, I'm a big Tyreek Hill fan as well. So I do wish him uh, luck there in in, the, in Miami. All right. Right. Well, and my concern as well is Tyreek Hill has not pulled punches on how much he doesn't like Patrick Mahomes. Well, no, hold on. He likes Patrick Mahomes. He's he doesn't like him. Jackson. He doesn't like Jackson Mahomes or Brittany. Oh, well, that, so, that is possibly true there on that one. Yeah, I, I right. think that he is trying to get listenership to his podcast. So he's saying some outrageous, stupid things. It's even Patrick Mahomes is saying, you know what? He's just trying to get listenership there to his podcast. And, uh, but did you hear his quote this last week? I did not. All right. Well, I, I can't repeat it here. We're trying to keep this family friendly. <laughs> but he basically said that his coach needs a special kind of sack to carry his uh, kahunas. Okay. Because yeah, of some that calls that yeah. he made. And so, you know, he likes yeah. to be colorful with his language. So kudos to him. All right. My second takeaway from last week, and I have a ton of these takeaways, but the second one is the Bengals. Are they experiencing a Super Bowl hangover with their performance? Or is this, and will they actually wake up this week? Will they take the aspirin or whatever it is you take for a hangover? Will they be back this week and back on track to being a Super Bowl contender that they were last year? World beaters. They beat the Chiefs twice. Um, Or is this going to be a problem throughout the year? Uh, They lost a horrendous game in week one. And so obviously a couple things were exposed. Number one, Joe Burrows had five turnovers, I believe four interceptions and one fumble. And seven sacks. That's that's twelve negative plays there by their incredible yeah. quarterback. But even saying that, they should have won the game. They lost the game right. in the most incredible way possible, where they Field missed goals. an extra point, an extra Field point yeah. as time was running out. So yeah, even though he played so horrible, they should have won the game. So what is your takeaway right. from the Steelers Bengals game? Well, they're going to get rid of their kicker. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> does, he, does he even have a job right now? Or, or the holder, no. whoever missed it. No, uh, that's the Colt. The Colts guy got, got cut already. The Colts kicker got cut this week. Okay. Um, but, but I mean, I think they're going to come back. It's the Bengals, right? We The Bengals did this at the beginning of last season, too. That's right. They were horrendous, and then they still got it together and figured it out. And Joe Burrow was the most sacked, most turnovers, most everything quarterback. And for him to, to have that, like – in any other game, look at Trey Lance. Look at the Niner game, right? Trey Lance fell apart, and they lost by nine points in the fourth quarter. They lost yes. it all because Trey Lance fell apart, not as bad as Joe Burrow played, and Burrow still kept him in the game. So the problem is is that Joe Burrow can screw up and can and can get all these going, but he can still pull out a victory. Now so the, I think that they're going to try to get their their lives together and get things going again. But I don't know if that's going to be this upcoming week. Even though I did pick them over the Dallas Cowboys. All right, um, we'll get that here in just a bit. Now I do think a one, I'll give one cautionary tale about Joe Burrows. I, I think he's an amazing, gutsy player. Uh, can't stand his politics. That's a whole other thing. But he's a gutsy player out there, and he gets bludgeoned, he gets beat, he gets hit, and yet he comes back. And he's his team is in the game, and last year his teams won those games. An amazing yep. gutsy player. That being said, it's the NFL. That only lasts for so long. If you keep mm-hmm. getting hit, your effectiveness will go down. You will get 100%. a career-ending injury at yes, any moment. So yes, he is will. playing here with a fire. And see, they've got to figure yep. out a way to keep him protected. This will not keep on going on. I mean, yeah, he did great. And his team should have won last week, despite the fact he had 12 negative plays. If his kicker had just kicked the extra point, they would have won that game. So he brought his team back. But Bengals, you got to find a way to protect him. This will not continue for a couple, for for too many more years. He will be out of the league. So, yeah, shore up your offensive line. All right. Yeah. My third takeaway from this last week. I told you I have, I have a lot of these takeaways. You got a lot of them. Yeah. You, oh, man, you are a thinker this week. I am. No revenge 
for the jilted, forgotten quarterback. I know we yeah. talked a little bit last week, Howard. This was the great scheduling because you had two quarterbacks. You had Baker Mayfield and Russell Wilson, who both were going to go up against the teams that jilted them and, and said, we, we have no need for you. Get out of our house. That's really bad yep. for Baker Mayfield since he had all those great commercials where that was his house. But, hey, divorces yep. are hard. He was kicked out. And so the NFL said, week one, let's see about some revenge. Yep. Neither Nothing. guy got their revenge. Nothing. And so no, no revenge for the forgotten, jilted quarterback. Now let's talk first here about Russell Wilson. Did you watch that game? No, it was on during the um, big, the big brother. Game, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it was no, it was on during one of the other games that I was no, watching. No, it wasn't. It was a Sunday evening game, dude. You're watching Big Brother. Thought, Admit it. No, Admit the it. Sunday evening, the Sunday evening game was the um, Packers at Minnesota. No, no, no. That, that was in the Sunday afternoon game. I tell you what, man. Really? Yeah. Ah. Actually, I'll go back to the text. You're you're watching it. It's just you're you're having a a mental. I know, just having brain farts about it. Like that's how forgettable the game was. That I was just like, man, whatever. Oh, it was the worst decision. I'll tell you what. I have never seen a coach go from, hey, it's a honeymoon. We're kind of enjoying each other. This the whole whole feel each other out period to the hot seat. This be like you had a wedding one week later on your way back from the honeymoon. You're, you're calling up your lawyers to try to find out, hey, well, how how committed am I to this relationship? That's how quickly Nathaniel Hackett landed on the hot seat. Let me just unpack for you what happened. All right. Sidebar. It was so, the Monday night football game. You were right. Broncos and Seahawks were Monday night football, not Sunday night. Okay. And you I were right on that I didn't one. watch Monday night football because I had dinner with my wife's family. So There we go. That's right. where it was at. I'm like, no, I would have. Yeah. We were both wrong on that one. All right. Yeah. It's, it's good to know. But um, all right. So it was a Monday yeah. night. And in this game, so it was near the end of the game. It was at the very end of the game. And the the um, the Broncos were down by, it was either one or two points. I forget how, how many points, but whatever. A field goal would have won the game. Yeah. They had a minute, 10 seconds left. It was third and 16. They pass the ball and they get all the way to the 46 yard line. And now there's a minute and three seconds left on the clock. I, I, I paused the frame there. A minute, and three seconds left on mm-hmm. the clock. It's now fourth down and six from the 46 yard line. Now you okay. got to understand they have Russell Wilson on their team. They got Russell Wilson because he is a stud quarterback. He has incredible comfort behind finishes. He's a gutsy quarterback. You gave up two future first round picks, two other, I think, second round picks, four draft picks altogether. Mm-hmm. Two, you gave him a $250 million contract because he is the stud. So what do you do in that moment? You basically tell your quarterback, hey, get off the field. We're going to take our chances with a 64-yard field goal. Yeah. I can't even begin to unpack what a stupid decision that was. Why would you do that? Do you realize that in the history of the NFL, only two kicks have been made from 64 yards or further? That's it. In the That's history it. of the NFL, two field goals have been made from that distance or farther. So why? And it hasn't the- been Seattle either time. Yeah, yeah, right in Seattle, different climate there. Why would you say let's rely on that plan of having our kicker try something that's only been accomplished twice in the history of the NFL or see if our quarterback that we mortgaged our entire future on can convert (laughs) a fourth and six or fourth and five? Come on. That's a no-brainer decision. You show confidence in your quarterback, not in some kind of, you know, uh, I don't know, raffle type of lotto, you know, odds type of decision. Well, I mean, let's do it. Like, let's just, I mean, it's the first week. Let's see what happens. Let's, let's see what, let's roll the dice. Shall we, Joel? Let's roll the dice. I tell you, I, I hate to say it because Nathaniel Hackett actually is, a local guy for me. He actually mm-hmm. went to high school there at Blue Valley Northwest High School in Kansas City. Uh, he actually yep. is the son of Paul Hackett, who was the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs during Joe Montana's years. So that's why he grew up here. But that being said, no, he that, that was an indefensible position. And uh, he, when he was asked to explain why that he made that decision, this is what he said. He said the plan was to get to the 46-yard line. 
What? Why? That was okay. your plan? Your plan was to get to the 46-yard line and attempt a field goal that had only been made twice in the history of the NFL. That is not a really good plan. I am thinking you're on. And it's not like it was like the last second. I get it if there's like 10 seconds left. Okay, that is your best shot there. Let's take it. You had one minute and three seconds and all three timeouts. And so I cannot believe uh, he went with that. So Nathaniel Hackett is now on the hot seat. All right, let me go to my next take here. This take here, it's in your neck of the woods. I expect you to have a lot of input on this. Oh, good. I think the I think the 49ers just blew it. Ooh. They blew it. They here's what they here's what they did. They said, Jimmy Garoppolo, we know you took us to the NFC Championship game last year. We know you have taken us to a Super Bowl and only lost that Super Bowl because a colossal brain fart by the head coach. That was the Kansas City Chiefs win. But still, that being said. You are no longer our starting quarterback. We are going with Trey Lance. So that decision right there is a head scratcher. Really? I, you, my heart you're, hurts. You're going to go to Trey Lance, who has had one successful year in college, I think 17 total wins, and, and that's who you want to say is your, okay, you know what? That's fine. We'll go with it. But, Chris, what you cannot do when you have a young quarterback like that, that you are trying to instill confidence in and trying to say, hey, this team is yours, you can't have a much better quarterback as your backup because once you mess up, boom, you got a quarterback controversy. Well, the 49ers said, we're going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo, our former quarterback. We're going to keep him in the locker room, and he is going to be the backup quarterback. Chris, they got a mess on their hands there in San Francisco. I give them two more weeks, and the fan base will be clamoring for Jimmy uh, G to come back and for Trey Lance to be benched. I don't see any other explanation from the performance this last week. Any thoughts? I mean, I think it's funny that you think it's two weeks away. Like (laughs) I'm like today Today. I'm all sit. I'm all sit him today. Look, he's an inexperienced quarterback and I get it. And he's trying to do the best he can and he's not doing really well. And it was raining and pouring and pouring and raining and in Chicago. And there was just a lot of things going wrong for him. And you know, it is what it is, but, but come on, man, his lack of composure at the, I mean, we were up 10 zero going into the fourth corner. All I kept thinking about as I was sitting in my house going, this is a repeat of the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl game. Yes. This is a repeat. Like you're up. 10-0. 10-0. He only has 30 more minutes. I'll give him till the halftime of the next game before he has to start looking over his shoulder because right. the fan base is going to start calling for it. Now, I hope the head coach won't give in to the fan base that quickly, but you know it's going to start coming. The boos are going to start happening. I give him 30 more minutes until halftime of the next game. He better figure out what he's doing or there's going to be a lot of clamoring for Jimmy G to come back and take over the 49ers. By the way, the Chiefs. Indeed. Even when we had Patrick Mahomes, you, do you know what we did with the backup quarterback that he replaced? What? We got rid of him, Alex Smith. No. Great quarterback. Everyone oh, loved yeah. him. But you knew you could not keep Alex Smith in the locker room because if Patrick Mahomes struggled, now, of course, we know he didn't struggle. But if he was right. going to, you did not want to have a quarterback controversy where everyone said, oh, why can't we just put an Alex Smith in? Because he was the much right. better quarterback. You don't do that. You get rid of of the, the the previous starter or there's going to be dissension in the locker room and but 49ers apparently know better than we do and they kept jimmy g in the, the backdrops all right chris it's now time for our picks so last week i went two and three you went one and four uh based yeah. on your own admission and so we neither one of us did that well but you know what it's a new week and so yep. what are your picks for this week All right, let me pull those up because I just did them. So we're going to start this week off with New York Giants at Carolina. New York Giants are favored by negative two with the over under of 43.5. Again, I'm going with Baker Mayfield. He's my boy. I'm going to go with Carolina over New York. Just because I think a two-point differential, Carolina may still, um, I don't know. I think it's going to be the two points are going to be nothing. So it's pretty much even money game. Uh, We got San Francisco at Seattle. San Francisco is the favorite at nine and a half points. Wow. I'm going to go with Seattle. There's no way San Francisco is going to win one or win by nine and a half points. All right. 
not happening. Las Vegas at Arizona. Las Vegas, you know, Raiders are 5.5 favors. I'm going to pick the Raiders. Uh, Dallas is at Cincinnati. Cincinnati is the 7.5 favorites taking Cincinnati. Buffalo at Tennessee. I'm going to pick Buffalo every day, every single day. Josh Allen's my boy. So we're going to go Buffalo, though they are favored by 10. Buffalo is going to do it. All right. Interesting. You and I are going to be uh, opposite on some of these games here. I am Good. picking the Chiefs. I love it. Minus the four over the Chargers. It's a Thursday night game on one of the the streaming services, not even on your main channel. So I hope Prime. You, it's on uh, Amazon Prime. All right, you gotta have Amazon Thursday Prime. Thursday night game on Amazon Prime. To watch. I am very worried about this game. The Chargers have our number. Chargers and Cincinnati, they have the Chiefs numbers. I, I am very much afraid of those two teams. But apparently we are the four point favorite there. We are so strong. I am gonna take Chiefs minus the four. Steelers and Patriots. The Steelers they they surprised me last week. The Patriots definitely disappointed me. I, my gut should say the Patriots are going to rebound this week because they have a good coach. I'm not going there. I'm going to say this is a Steelers year. I'm taking the Steelers plus the two. They are the underdog. I believe a home dog there as well. I'm taking the Steelers plus the two. The Saints and the Bucks. Again, the Saints okay. are a two and a half point underdog here, and I think wow. they're a better team than the Bucks. I think Giselle is saying Tom Ooh. Brady, you need to come home. Tom Brady is talking about retirement. What is he doing? Playing this season, already talking about oh. retirement. I don't get that. Is well, his mind the, in the? The story broke today that they're living separate lives. Really, On a couple of news sources. It broke about. It broke at 6:39 p.m. Eastern, which was 11 minutes ago, according to CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News. Wow. So things are not well there in the Brady Breaking household. News here. Will that distract him or will that embolden him now that he can live his own life there? And yep. I don't know. I am taking the Saints plus the two and a half. Again, I love home dogs. Uh, Cowboys, yep. seven and a half point favorites. Uh, no, seven and a half Ooh. point underdogs to Cincinnati. Yep. Yeah. I know you took Cincy. I got to take the Cowboys here. I, but, I don't know why. But they don't I have, do they don't have a quarterback. I mean, let's talk about this real quick. Um, um, Dak Prescott's out. He broke his hand. He did. But you know what? Last week, also what happened? They didn't have a quarterback, and Dak Prescott was their starter. So that's true. I'm not sure what that means. You know, here's my analysis. I know it's weak, but last year, their backup quarterback came in and kind of won everybody over. He was kind of a little local folk hero kind of quarterback. And so everyone loved him. They, They kept him around. I think he's got one or two games in him. But here's the real deal. Micah Parsons is a stud there on the defense there for the Cowboys. Apparently, Cincinnati does not have anyone on the front line blocking. I think Micah Parsons is going to have a field day. day. And by the time this game is over, it's highly possible neither team has a quarterback and Burroughs will be out. And so I am saying, you know what? Cincinnati might win this game, but I think – the Micah Parsons is going to dominate this game and they'll cover the seven and a half point spread. Yeah. That being said, this last pick, I do not like, and I, I okay. you are, you are going to be schooling me this week. I just know it, but I'm taking the Titans plus the 10 over the, uh, uh over the Ooh. bills. I, I don't want to take this pick, but Ooh. 10 points. The, this, this is the Titans. The Titans were one of the favorite teams last year. 10 points. For just the saying. Bills. All right. Just saying. So Josh I, am, Allen. I, I agree with that one. So I am very nervous about this one. I am taking uh, Tennessee to cover. Of course, I'm not taking Tennessee to win. I'm taking right, Tennessee to cover. to cover the 10 the point spread. So there you go. Hey, it's going to be a great week of football. Maybe next week we might have some more takes and we'll yep. check in on the good King Charles III of England. So, hey, Chris, <laughs> have a great week and we'll see you next week. See you next week, Joel. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review. We need your love to help us continue highlighting the funnier side of the law. I want to give a special shout-out to our Vice President of Operations, Wendy Oster, without whom this entire operation would be a complete and utter mess. Sean Wynn and 15.5 Features for making me sound way better than I actually do. Brooke Bolin for our marketing efforts. And Ryan Kuhn and Paul Kuhn of Tri- Plus City Marketing for our technical and computer support.